What's up, XYZ? This is Minister Roe coming to stop through in 2023 with Real and Righteous. I am so glad to be back. I am just doing me right now and just serving the Lord and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that is being in his word, praying, meditating, and fasting and trying to be the best version of Jesus I can be. Amen. I hope that all of you and your families had a blessed holiday season, that you have started your year off on a good foot and on a good note. Well, I am dealing with something right now, XYZ. Y'all know I am going to keep it real and righteous on this channel. I am in a fast right now. And one of the things that God is requiring of me in the fast is to watch my mouth. Amen. Uh, for a couple months now, I've been in some situations where I'm very, if you know me, I'm a very straightforward person. I shoot from the hip, you know. I'm like, bada bing, bing, bang, bang. I don't really sugarcoat things. I don't dance around topics. I say what I have to say and I move on. But I realize that sometimes it is not necessary to speak because silence speaks just as loud as words. Amen. And also, I have learned how to speak to people appropriately with a heart of compassion and contention so that they can understand where I am coming from, but I can be empathetic to where they're coming from. But it's taking time, amen, and it's still, God is still working on me, X, Y, Z, for me to be a guard by my mouth. And so while I've been fasting, I've been in my devotionals, and I, I'm in this devotion I just completed. It's called Watch Your Mouth, and I said, I've got to share this with my people. i got to share this with XYZ because, you know, I realized that watching your mouth is so important, not just for us, but the people around us, amen? And so we're going to get into it, but have you ever sat back and really thought about how watching the words that come from your mouth can either take you higher and elevate you in blessings, or it could be like the door to your demise. I know that's kind of harsh. Y'all like, dang, the door of the demise? Yes, the door of demise. It's like either we want to plant seeds of fruitfulness, or you want to plant seeds of disgrace and plant seeds of sadness. And you want to plant seeds of just, just sickness. You know, people's speak all kinds of thing over, things over people's lives on a daily basis. And I pray that they are good things. I mean, and so when I thought about it, I said, you know, when things come out of our mouth, Lord, whatever comes out of my mouth, my prayer is that it will elevate me within you and that you will allow me to go higher in you by the words that I speak. And so the Holy Spirit said, well, let's go see what higher really means because there's, you know, there's many definitions for the word higher. But in the Oxford Dictionary, higher means of great vertical extent, meaning greater than normal in quality, size, or intensity. And so I thought about it and I said, you know what, Lord, when we speak, I am a special education teacher and I have students that speak a little different. These students have speech impairments. And it's interesting because when we teach a student sounds, whether they have a speech impairment or maybe even a reading disability, sometimes they struggle with the pronunciation of sounds. And a lot of times you can hear the sound if someone else says it and tell me or spell it out what I'm trying to say, but it's hard for them to actually fix their tongue vertically 
to produce the sound. Stick with me, X, Y, Z. And so the Holy Spirit said, sometimes you need somewhat of an IEP. I write IEPs all day, every day. And those are just objectives and goals for students to obtain the sounds that they don't know. And so when I teach them and I say, look at my mouth, I have to be very conscious of the way my tongue is positioned in my mouth because it can make two different sounds. For example, if I say there, my tongue should be under my teeth on the the. But if I say those, it's going to be under my teeth, but it's called a hard pH versus a soft pH. And so if I say ah instead of oh, the size of my mouth is going to be shaped differently. And so God said, you have to watch your mouth. And so when my students watch my mouth, that means they're getting instruction on what they should say and how they should say it. Amen. And so my prayer for us, XYZ, is that we watch God's mouth through his word. Amen. And we get instruction on what we should speak, how we should speak, and what we should not. So let's get off into this. It's a story in the book of Numbers that completely took me by surprise because I've heard about these siblings many times throughout the Bible, uh, Miriam, Moses, and Aaron. And in the book of Numbers chapter 12, it just talks about how at some point in time, Miriam and Aaron were in doubt of the position in which God had placed their brother. Now, quick synopsis. Moses was the leader of the Israelites. He helped them cross the Red Sea and help them to ultimately get to the promised land. Amen. Well, you know, they had a moment of um fleshliness. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. They had a moment where they was just filled with their flesh, and they just thought, God, why not me? And so let's go to the Amplified Version of the Bible in the book of Numbers. We're going to be in chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. So it says, now Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of self-righteousness. And more than any man who was on the face of the earth, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. And the three of them came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of clouds and stood at the doorway of the tabernacle. And he called Aaron and Miriam. And they came forward and he said, hear now my word. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. And I will speak to him in a dream. But it is not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly, and openly, and not in riddles. Oh, glory to God. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. But when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned and looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. 
Then Aaron said to Moses, Oh my Lord, I plead with you. Do not account this sin to us in which we have acted foolishly and in which we have sinned. Oh, do not let her be like one dead already have decomposed when he comes from his mother's womb. So Moses then cried out to the Lord saying, Heal her, please, O God, I plead with you. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? Let her be shut up outside the camp for seven days, and afterwards she may return. So Miriam was shut up outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was brought in again and declared ceremonially clean from her leprosy. Afterward, the people moved on to Hasroth, a camp in the wilderness of Haran. Wow. Whew. Sibling. I don't know about y'all. Y'all know me and Pastor Sugar siblings. We are 14 years apart. Sometimes I don't know what, what Minister D was thinking. <laughs> but, uh, to God be the glory. He has been a great brother. Um, one thing about Shane and I, if I could be transparent, is we don't always see eye to eye on some things because we come from two total di- different generations, right? But Shane has been somewhat of the Moses. Amen. I've been somewhat of the Miriam to a certain extent, not doubting him, but he's led this platform, Generation XYZ. He took a leap of faith from a vision, an impartation that the Lord gave my mother years ago, and he took it and he ran with it and he got us on board. And there's never a time where I'm going to put my mouth on Pastor Suge. Amen. Because one thing I understand is God has a plan. Amen. God had a plan. And he is the voice, he is Pastor Shug, and he is the one who led what we are listening to ultimately now, um, Generation XYZ. God chose him to lead us to get to this point. God used him and continues to use him to help us all elevate the word and get through to you. Now, on the real side, I am, I don't play by my family. So when you put your mouth on any of my family members, we're going to have an issue. And then I have to pray, God, let me be a guard about my mouth. That's just who I am. I do not, I am not that type of woman where you can sit in my presence and demean or diminish or degrade the character of anyone I love without me standing up to them. And no matter what I might feel in my spirit, woman, or no matter what I may feel in my flesh, because Miriam and Aaron were walking in their flesh in this moment, you have to be careful to watch your mouth. No, we're not going to agree and disagree with everybody. We're not always going to set horses with our siblings. Sometimes we're going to wonder, God, why did you give them this and not give me this? But God has a plan for everybody, and everybody's plans are not always the same. And so what I realized from reading this is that Aaron, he was a sibling that realized right away, oh, my goodness, God, I was wrong. I repent. But Miriam was just kind of still, and then she ended up getting sick, and she ended up getting passed away for seven days. And so it's important that when God gives people to us to bring us through hard times and trials and take us to the promised land, that we trust the God in the person. A lot of times we look at the person in the flesh. Oh, yeah, that's my brother. Oh, that's my sister. That's my mom, my dad, my uncle, my cousin, my friend. But we forget, though that the Holy Spirit uses people as well. So when I'm not looking at what you're doing 
and I can walk in the spirit and we can link up in the spirit. I know that it's not about the flesh, but it's about the spirit. And I'm going to trust God. I'm going to lean in God. I'm going to have peace in God. Amen. And so on the flip side of that, as we can see in numbers, we know that Miriam and Aaron did not necessarily speak words of goodness. Amen. They were speaking words of death because the book of Proverbs in chapter 18, the Amplified Version reads that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it and indulge in it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Ooh, that's pretty transparent. They bear the consequences of their words. And I don't know about you, XYZ, but I don't want to bear consequences of my words. I want to bear blessings from my words. Amen. I want my children's children and children and children's children's children to be blessed because of the words that I put into the atmosphere. As one of my favorite musicians uh, in the RE says, you're the first to hear what comes out of your mouth. Amen. And so let let us work together and be sure that what comes out of our mouth is plentiful. Very much so like the Shunammite woman. So I'm going to share with you another story or scenario in Second Kings chapter 4. Um, and it's about the Shunammite woman. And on the flip side, the way her words were used and how she washed her mouth, God ended up blessing her. So instead of doing the Miriam and Aaron thing, the Shunammite woman decided, let me do something different because I know how God has been. I know what God has brought me and I know what he's going to bring me through, amen. And if I watch my words, everything will be all right, amen. Have you ever been in one of those situations, X, Y, Z, where you had to watch your words and you knew that everything was going to be all right? And some people, you know, they, how you doing? Um, my late husband used to always say, I'm better than I know. And I could appreciate that because one thing about Lonnie is he used to watch his mouth. He never complained a day. He never complained, even when being sick. Yeah, he was hurting. Yes, he was cold to the touch. Yes, he was this and another. But he would always respond with, I'm better than I know. So I bless God for that. And so now we're going to jump to the story of the Shunammite woman and understand that God is good. So let's go over to the Amplified Version, Second Kings chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 8. It says, now there came a day when Elijah went over to Shunem, where there was a prominent and influential woman, and she persuaded him to eat a meal. Afterward, whenever he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. She said to her husband, behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God who frequently passes our way. Please let us make a small, fully Welled up room on the housetop and put a bed there for him with a table and chair and a lampstand. Then whatever he comes to visit us, he can turn in there. Verse 11. One day he came there and turned into the upper room and lay down to rest. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shumamite. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why does he want her? So he called her and she stood before him. Now he said to Gehazi, say to her now, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can I do for you? Oh, let me tell you, when you bless people, when you bless the men and women of God, God will say, you have blessed them. What can I do for you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Would you like to be mentioned to the king or to the captain of the army? She answered, I live among my own people in peace and security and need no special favor. Later, Elisha said, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He said, call her. So Gehazi called her and she came and stood in the doorway. Elisha said, at this season next year, you will embrace a son. She said, no, my Lord, old man of God, do you not lie to your maidservant? But the woman conceived and gave birth to a son at the season that next year, just as Elijah had said to her. Amen. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father to the reapers. But he said to his father, my head, my head. The man said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Verse 20, when he carried and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon. And then, y'all, he died. She went up and laid on him on the bed, laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door. So that's some faith right there. That's some faith right there. I just had to start right there. So it's like the man of God who, who prophesied in my life that I was going to have this son. I wasn't prepared for this. My son is probably still in his young years. I'm going to lie my son on the man of God's bed in hopes that God is going to turn this situation around. Amen. And mind you, she still hasn't said anything. She's moving, but she's not speaking. Sometimes we need to watch our mouth and be quiet and just move where God wants us to move. Oh, Holy Spirit. Come on. Let's get this together. So she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door of the smaller upper room behind him and left. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys so that I may run to the man of God in return. Now, here we go. Because we always got somebody around us. Well, why do you want to do that? Why shouldn't I do it? Anyway, let me let me get back on topic. He said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it will be all right. Now, let me pause right there. This woman just lost her son, XYZ. She washed her mouth. What if she said, oh, I'm devastated. I can't believe it. He promised I was going to have a son. I wasn't looking for a son. And then I buried a son. And now I'm burying my son. Speaking words of death. But instead, she said, it will be all right. Amen. Because she knew that the man of God was a, being a, a muse and being a speaker and being a prophet and God had instilled that thing in him to prophesy to her. So she trusted God in Elijah. Amen. And so let's continue. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, drive the animal fast. Do not slow down and pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her at the distance, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there is a Shunammite woman. Please run out to meet her and ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, let's listen, because she washed her mouth again, X, Y, Z. So her response was, it is well. Amen. When she came to the mountain to the man of God, she took hold of his feet 
Gehazi approached to push her away, but the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is desperate in trouble. And though her soul was desperate in trouble, and that's why I said sometimes we feel things in our flesh, that doesn't mean they need to materialize out of our mouth, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes we need to be cognizant that, Lord, I feel these emotions and, Lord, I feel these pains because God said we're we're going to have to suffer long sometimes. But that doesn't mean I got to speak death over my situation just because I'm hurting in my body doesn't mean I got to say that I'm going to be sick. No, I am whole in the name of Jesus. No, I am healed. Just because my son is on drugs in the name of Jesus doesn't mean I speak over him. Oh, you going to jail. No, he is delivered from drugs and addiction in the name of Jesus. Just because my daughter is a single parent and I don't know if she knows what her rent money is going to do, I'm not going to say, oh, she, she should have not laid up and got knocked up and, and not been able to take care of responsibilities. No, Lord, you said that you are a father to the fatherless and you are a provider in the name of Jesus. See, X, Y, Z, we got to be careful to know what to speak, and we've got to be careful of how we use our words, because it is well in the name of Jesus. Let's continue. So he said, let her alone, for her soul is desperate and trouble within her, and the Lord has hidden the reason for me and has not told me. Then she said, did I ask for a son from my Lord? Did I not say, do not give me false hope? Verse 29, then he said to Gehazi, gird up your loins, prepare now, and take my staff in your hand and go to the woman's house. If you meet any man along the way, do not greet him. And if a man greets you, do not stop to answer him and lay my staff on the face of the way as soon as you reach the house. Verse 30, the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Amen. So Elijah arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or response from the boy. It is well. It is well. So he turned back to meet Elijah and told him the boy has not awakened. He has not revived. When Elijah came into the house, the child was dead and lying on his bed. Verse 33. So he went in. He shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. I don't know about you. I can't recall where that verse is in the Bible. But when we go in to pray, we should shut the door behind us in the name of Jesus. So the prophet went in and he shut the door behind him. Then, verse 34, he went up and laid on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. So he lined himself up with the, the boy. And as he stretched himself out on him and held him, the boy's skin became warm. Look at God. It is well in the name of Jesus. Then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up again and stretched himself out on him. And the boy sneezed seven times and he opened his eyes. Then Elijah called Gehazi and said, call this Shumamite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing herself to the ground in respect and gratitude. Then she picked up her son and left. I don't know about you, XYZ, but I'm happy in my spirit that she could say, Lord God, I'm going to trust you even in this circumstance. It is well. No matter what it looked like, it is well. No matter how I felt, it is well. Because Proverbs 13 says that 
the one, Proverbs 13, verse 3, the one who guards his mouth thinking before he speaks protects his life. But the one who opens his lips wide and chatters without thinking comes to ruin. So the Shumamite, she protected her life because she was conscious, amen, of the words that she spoke. Her son was dead, but she spoke life in the name of Jesus. She said, it is well. So let's not be Aaron's and Miriam's. Let's be a Shumamite in the name of Jesus. No matter what you're going through, XYZ, no matter what season you're walking in, I want you to know that it is well, amen. And I want you to know that God hears you. I want you to know that it's going to work out. And I want you to know that if we just watch over our heart with diligence, for from it flows the springs of life, because that's what the word of God says. So I bless you, Lord God, for every listener today. And I speak life over their situations. And Lord, I pray that we can all be a guard about our mouths, God, that we can speak life over ourselves, over our situations, that we don't speak death over things that are dormant. And though they may be dormant, Lord God, we know you can raise some things from the dead. It is well, XYZ. I love y'all. I will hear from y'all soon. Y'all hear from me soon, should I say. We'll hear from you guys soon with the ratings, and we appreciate all of our listeners all over the world. Y'all have showed out, but we thank you because we could not do this without you. We love you. I challenge you. Watch your mouth and speak blessings. I love y'all. Peace.